guys. What's going on? This is Riverman. This is Bad32. Welcome back to Hobo with a podcast episode number two, bitches. Two. We made it two episodes, man. Yeah, it's awesome. It survived so far, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's been like a month, but like we said, it's going to be monthly or so. So uh, Something like that. Whenever the fuck yeah. we like it. Well, it's not only that. I want to get into this a little bit. Like, I'm taking a little hiatus from EC. Um, for any EC listeners out there, they probably already know because the last episode I said I'm going to take like a little break. Um, but there will be another episode coming out. Um, uh, Goat and uh, uh, Dale will be doing an episode. It's actually a cannibal. Episode. Oh, no shit. So, yeah, um, we were going to talk a little bit about a cannibal film here in the intro. So it kind of works out. But um, yeah, I'm taking a little break um, just because. Like, I will be doing your show here, because mm-hmm. um, it's just easier, and of course I don't have to edit in everything. Hey, and hey, it's, hey, just, it's our show. Uh, All right. Uh, whatever. whatever. <laughs> it's, 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 it's whatever. I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not against you having other co-hosts on and shit. Like, I, I just like everybody, I like it mixing it up and keeping, keeping things, you know, fresh and everything, and I know, you know, people get tired of hearing me, or, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, god damn, this cocksucker's on another show. Hey, you sound better than me, it's alright, man, no problem. Yeah, whatever. Hey, you know, after you do it for, I've been running EC now in uh, October, it'll be fucking four years. So, That's you know fucking I mean? nuts, man. Where, yeah, where has the time you've been gone, running man? Three years, right? You've yeah, been running over three years, like because you started up like six or seven months after uh, EC started up, and man, you could just—you guys have been fucking killing it. Like, I'm just impressed with you boys. You just went above and beyond. I think you've taken it to a whole other level. Like, you know, and it's just—I know we kind of helped um, promote you guys on um, EC, and I was like, well, I don't know how it's going to go. And you guys are just—I think you guys rocking the conventions and getting around to them and everything is just really helped um behind the mask and it's not even just a podcast it's like a whole fucking universe now and i'm just i i'm just glad like you guys were became successful with it and i know you're not making any money yet but nah. give it time you know you find something marketable and everything you yeah know? we're having fun with it i mean we got the new website launch go to mm-hmm. btmreview.com check that shit out and uh and- if you're listening to this, you may have already been there and you know, but you yeah. know, to anybody that doesn't know if you're on iTunes or TalkShoe and you don't really know where the hub is, yeah, get, yep. it, get it there. We pretty much cover everything from music to video games and uh, movies, and we actually have another a new video game podcast to check out, too. It's called Retro Rampage Podcast, which you can hear me and you can hear... Uh, my buddy Aaron, so uh, we just talk about retro video games and news and shit, so it's a lot of fun, man. It's it's a short show, but uh, it's a lot of fun, so check that out. I, yeah, I had a chance to check out. Um, I didn't know anything about it, and uh, I seen episode two, and I should, I, you know, most people are like, oh, I should start from the beginning, but I'm like, no, I want to hear what's fresh. I yeah. want to hear what's fresh, so I checked that episode out, um, and, you know, I don't really, you know, I, I talk about it a lot, I don't, and it's no offense to any of my fellow podcasters out there. It's just like I don't get a lot of time, but like you're that was what episode two was like 20 yeah. minutes, yeah. They're, like they're all about 20 minutes, so yeah. it was really, um, it was short. And um, I was working on Sleaze Fiend, uh, issue number two, and uh, I was like, fuck, let's throw some, let's put some audio in my ears. And uh, I really enjoyed it, I really did. I'm, I'm being genuine, I'm not just sucking your dick. Dude. Oh, I know, and yeah, when I'm not watching <laughs> movies, I'm playing with my joysticks, so. That's the, the two things I do. 
Yeah. But it was really, it really was a fantastic podcast. And I don't even video, I don't even play video games anymore. And we, we talked about this earlier. I've just, it's like, it's, you know, no offense to anybody out there that, you know, loves video games. Hey, that's cool. You know, I don't judge nobody on that. Like you do what you want, you know, what sure. makes you feel good and stuff. I just don't game anymore as much. Cause I found it as like a time bandit. Cause I'm like, I'm obsessive with stuff. Um, Maybe that's like a, a little bit more candid. I'm being a little bit candid, but like when I do something, I do it like to the extreme. So when I game, it's like if I find like a game that's like um, one of them adventure ones where you're like running around a city or something, yeah. I'll play that motherfucker like 24 7. Like if I'm not working, if I'm not sleeping, I'll be gaming. And, um, you know, I just found it as a time bandit and um, I kind of just stepped away from it. Not only that, but it's like to invest into the system and the games it's quite costly oh yeah it's real costly especially nowadays everybody's a collector so it mm-hmm. makes it a lot more difficult to find the good games i all all last weekend i was playing just fucking like all nes games like contra i was playing paperboy with my old lady and oh just man getting paperboy. off on shit like that so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um I, I dig the retro stuff but the newer stuff's okay but i just mm-hmm. i don't want to invest the time into it and i can't afford you a get, lot of it so you're really picky with the new stuff yeah. like if you buy a game it better be something fucking good well i don't know, even have any yeah i don't even have any of the new consoles because i can't oh afford you don't sh- no fuck no man do you got one of them retro like i go to this um one shop i've talked about it on the ec it's called the great escape they've got two of them um here in nashville i think i've heard they've got a few up in kentucky i don't know if they got any out your way but they've got like uh, movies music comic books the whole fucking nine yards and i was in there and i'd heard through the grapevine about these but they actually had like a couple different um versions of them like i'm guessing a couple different companies put them out but they're like um they're retro game consoles and you can play like Sega, Nintendo, yeah. Super, like it's got the ports for all the different cartridges. And yeah. I was like, whoa, this is, f-. like, if anything was going to get me back into gaming, it would fucking be that. Seriously. And, and listen to Rep- Retro Rampage podcast number one because we talk about the, the new Hyperkin uh, Retron 5, which you're actually talking about, where it's mm-hmm. the multi-game system, and now it's in uh, HD, well, 720p, Ooh. but it actually makes your NES games look fucking great, dude. On your on the HD TV, yeah, hell yeah, dude, looks fucking sweet. Now, what now does this system? Because these ones didn't look like they played any discs. Does any of them play like PS One games, PS Two yeah. games, like stuff like that? It's it's mostly all carts, like cartridges, cartridges and shit. Yeah, like Game Boy Advance, Game Boy games, all no, Sega, nothing. Everything. Yeah, I seen it played the Game Boy games, which was like because I love those old Game Boy games. Um, the Zelda one. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's more of them now, but the original one for the uh, first Game Boy. Oh yeah, I played the fucking shit out of that. You know, I really loved that one. I would play it all the fucking time. You know, and I like you know I like the throwback shit like Tetris and oh, yeah. all those all those different Tetris games and stuff. So yeah, if anything was going to get me back into retro gaming or gaming in general, it would probably be that system. And you know, I mean, it wasn't much. I think it was like forty fifty bucks for one of this. I don't know mm-hmm. the one you're talking about was in that price range but yeah they were fairly cheap and like a lot of these game stores um they have like a lot like um the cartridges and shit were pretty cheap yeah so you know a lot of the old stuff you know it's all yeah based on title now so yeah i mean some of them get really expensive but i mean you can find some good games for cheap so yeah keep an eye out 
Yeah, the thing about cartridges for any of the newbies out there that they really don't know about cartridges, me and Riverman came from the old school, so we know about blowing into the oh, cartridge yeah. or getting a little bit of rubbing alcohol on a Q-tip and cleaning it. But if you're buying cartridges out there, you won't, if you find a cartridge and it's got um, the, 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 the chip in there is gold, grab it because yeah. that's in fucking mint. And that's what we would look for back when we were kids was the gold strip in there because that meant that you wouldn't even have to blow into the fucker. You didn't have to touch it with alcohol. It was, it was ready to go. And not all the cartridges were gold, but the gold ones held up. And I don't know if it was real. I guess it was real gold in the cartridge is what held up so long. Those and those cartridges last for fucking ever, man. They'll be around a lot longer than those optical discs or whatever mm-hmm. you want to. I mean, those PlayStation Three discs or whatever. They're gonna get all scratched up, but those cartridges are gonna last forever. Yeah, and you know the worst case scenario of the cartridge. If you think cartridge is beyond fucking repairable, just take the fucking just take the the casing off yeah. of it and clean the actual uh, chip and like you can actually take the fucking chip and slide it in there if you take the top off your original NES like yeah this is all like us old school motherfuckers that were like diehard like MacGyver gamers oh yeah take that fucking top off and just slide that fucking chip in there you don't even need the casing you just slide the chip in there and you're ready to rock and roll and that's what i loved about that back then like you actually could fix your own shit back then now it's like if that fucking eye if that fucking laser eye is off or something they got knocked fuck you're you're done you gotta send it back to the company you are fucked you know <laughs> and good good luck getting a new copy for within the next like six months too right right you know and it's like back then yeah you could actually fix your own shit you know and even if you send it off to nintendo i think back in the day i don't know if they do it anymore but when nintendo used to repair for like free it might take like a year to get your system back but didn't they repair for free yeah they had like five if it had like a five-year warranty or something on it didn't it i remember they had some number i was actually tempted to call them you know with the old Mm -hmm. nintendo they had the sticker still on there so i haven't called it yet but yeah who knows maybe i'm sure you still could i'm sure you still could get them to repair it and they still would repair i had a buddy i remember i was like i think i was in elementary school and his brother worked at kmart and he was cleaning up the back stock room and so this must have been like late 90s, um, probably 98, 97, 98. I, maybe I was in middle school. Um, and he he was back there cleaning up, and he found an um, original NES still in the box. It like fell on the back of a shelf and was like off in a corner somewhere, and he found it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was like fucking awesome score and stuff. So, And I remember when um, Sega came out, maybe it was Super Nintendo or somewhere. Maybe it was PlayStation 1. They were still putting out the regular NESs, and I remember you could get them in the box for like twenty five fucking dollars. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I had bought one and just set it on the shelf. I wish you know I bought like I mean? ten of them, dude. Yeah, because like now these fucking things, like people are de- like fucking just crazy about it yeah. now. Like, they they'll pay like top dollar and stuff. I don't know. I I think it's a waste of money. Like don't throw like don't throw your money on that shit. You know what I mean? And not only that, but like. Well, no, because this is retro gaming so fucking popular now. It used to be you could go to any, like, fucking flea market thrift store and find a regular NES for, like, 10 bucks. Get, like, fucking four controllers, the gun, and, like, a ton of games. Now it's, like, 
you can't find them anymore. It's, you really can. It's tough, man. I go to flea markets like every weekend to find games and shit, and you really have to haggle, man. If you find something, there's so many resellers out there. They know what they have because of fucking eBay and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You really got to keep an eye and out. And if it's still in the box or the game's oh, still in man. the box, fucking forget it. They know it's what it's worth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to go to this one game shop with my ex. She was a hardcore gamer, and um, they had some of the games like still in the boxes and shit. And I was like, holy fuck, I used to have that. Oh, my God, that's going for $100? I have that. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> even, like, PlayStation 1 games. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, I've got that. I've got that. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics? Yeah. That thing's going for a fortune now, dude. Yeah. Did you play that one? Huh, tactics I never, was, I never played that one, no. Dude, Tactics, like, I didn't really... I, yeah, back in the day, I used to get into, like, Final Fantasy, like, um, it, on the regular NES. Mm-hmm. But um, when it, when they started coming out for Super Nintendo, I played 7, or no, it was PlayStation. I played 7. Yeah. That was the first game I owned for the PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tactics, and I wasn't... It was okay, and there was a bunch of different ones that came out and stuff. Tactics, though, dude, I played that like three years ago, three or four years ago, and it was like fucking, it was fresh as all hell for me, you know? So, yeah, anybody out there, like retro gamers, check out Tactics. If you don't know about it, get on it. It's cool. Like, I don't know. I'm guessing it's going for a fortune now, but, um, you know, if you can grab it, you just the disc, you know what I mean? It's worth your time. It's really fun. Yeah, and I've never been a Final Fantasy guy, but I know Aaron is a huge Final Fantasy guy. Yeah. So. And on the next retro rampage, ask him about tactics. He'll probably be like it, you guys will spend the whole show talking about tactics. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> it's it's it is the best final. In my opinion, it's the best Final Fantasy because it throws it back. And what I liked about it was that it was a like post apocalyptic um, scenario mm-hmm. where like yeah everybody was kind of resorting to like um, the medieval stuff, but there was still technology around. Like yeah, people were play- like fighting with swords and shit, but once in a while like. Somebody would have a gun or something like that or some kind of laser. I don't know. Maybe something like that. It's been a while since I played it. But, yeah, it was like it was like nice technology mixed with that medieval stuff. So it was interesting, you know? Hmm. Well, uh, moving on, what the fuck have you been watching lately, man? What the fuck have I been watching? Hmm. I, I've talked about this on EC. I recently got me a copy of... Um, Boost from 1988, mm-hmm. and it's uh, who the fuck has it got in it? Um, Jesus Christ, I'm drawing a blank here. I, but I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I've checked out um, Flesh for Frankenstein. Okay. Um, Andy Warhol presents, and it's the same company who put out Texas Chainsaw and uh, Deep Throat. Um, so I've checked that out. Um, been watching a bunch of Monster Visions. I know uh, I sent you yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been getting into that quite a bit. Um, I saw a movie. Newt, Newt hit me up to this one. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube, but I went and found a torrent of it. It's not on DVD, so I don't mind saying, yes, I found a torrent of it. But uh, I'm pretty sure that the rip on YouTube is uh the same rip i have just a little bit better like the you know youtube it's a little bit you know filed down i think it's like 300 megabytes or something like that whereas this one's like maybe seven which is average for a vhs rip and it's called two-fisted tales Mm -hmm. now two-fisted tales was put out by ec comics and it was like um it was like a offshoot of um tales from the crypt oh so 
Yeah, and this came out in the 90s, um, just a bunch of different, like, it's, like, different shorts, you know what I mean? Like, a, it's a it's a collection of little shorts, and, um, yeah, it's really good. It's not bad. I, I highly recommend it if anybody, uh, track it down, it's on fucking YouTube. So, yeah. if you want to see it, check it out. Just type in Two-Fisted Tales. I think it's from the early to mid-90s. I think 92, 93 it came out. And, um, yeah, it's really it's really good. It's, I highly recommend it. It is kind of a horror film, so sort of. Yeah. Somewhat. So. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned it on the last episode. Maybe I did, but um, Dennis Hopper documentary. Um, it's one of the last ones he did before he passed away. He was in still in good health, I think, and good spirits. It's called the decisive moments and um he talks about like easy rider and shit like that so yeah i really need to check that out man yeah i highly recommend that documentary it's uh it's probably one of the better um dennis hopper like dennis hopper's like right there like other than that easy rider documentary that's like on the easy rider i think it's on the blu-ray yeah right right you told me you've seen it that's a really good documentary but it's more just about easy rider this is about like the whole career of Dennis Hopper, although he doesn't talk about the Glory Stoppers, which I wish he huh. had because it's a really good bike film he's in. Uh, have, you, have you got a chance to check Glory Stoppers out? You, you were telling me about that, man. I need to check that episode, shit out. Yeah, yeah, I still need to check that out. Well, if you can't find it, let me know. I'll make it happen for you, brother. All so. right. But it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely good. Like, Hopper's got these, like, those little, like, mini sunglasses, like, 60s hippie sunglasses he's wearing. Like, he just, his hair's all crazy, and he's got, like, this beard, and he's like, man! <laughs> <laughs> like, constantly. Like, he, he must have been, like, stoned out of his mind the whole movie. But uh, it's really good. It's really, um, it's one of the better biker films Mm-hmm. From the, I think it's from the late '60s, maybe mid '60s. I'm not sure because Hopper's really young and not. But yeah, I mean, I really, I really like that. I put it up there as far as bike films go. Um, it's definitely up there, and I think that his character in Hell Ride is the same character from Glory Stompers. Oh, gotcha. I'm pretty damn sure of this. Like when I seen Hell Ride, I never seen Glory Stompers, and I was like. Is this the character from Easy Rider? I'm like, no, this is his fucking character. I'm pretty sure it's his character from Glory Stompers and Hell Ride. So I'm almost positive on this. So, but yeah, fucking Dennis Hopper, one of the greatest uh, American actors uh, that have ever lived, as far as I'm concerned. He's up there. Oh, I agree. He's awesome. He's not. He's not my favorite, but he's in my top five. So yeah. if that says anything, he's just he was just amazing, and uh, every time he when Dennis Hopper comes on screen, oh man, you, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you drop everything to put your attention on this man. So yeah, except in Land of the Dead, I'm just kidding. And you know what? I like Land <laughs> of the Dead. A lot of people hate on that. His actually his role is pretty pretty nice. He's, he's the best. Pa- he's the best part in the movie, in my opinion. But oh, the ending where he's like. Remember when he like fucking he lets his buddy get like eaten by the zombie and shit? Like he's such a scumbag in that movie. The fucking Big Daddy rolls a fucking uh, grenade down the canister, canister yeah. firebomb canister and shit. I love how Big Daddy put the fucking gas fucking pump right through the windshield. And, like <laughs> that's so good, man. Yeah, Dennis Hopper though. I mean, like I don't. I think it was an oddball role for him in that, but like. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he's just such he was just such a fucking chameleon. Like whatever you put him in, you know what I mean. He just adapts. Like it doesn't matter. Like he'll play a politician. He'll play a stoner fucking hippie biker. Like it doesn't matter what you put him in. He he was just fucking that fantastic. And um, you know, when he died, I think that we lost one of the greatest American actors. Um, you know that that Hollywood had ever you know produced. So oh, he's just fucking fantastic. You know. Oh, I totally agree, and that kind of uh, kind of rolls into my uh, what I've been watching recently. If that's cool, yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah, um, was I checked it out on Netflix? Uh, I think it was like two in the morning on a Saturday night. It's called the Birth of the Living Dead. It's the document. You finished up jerking it to all core porn, and you're like, eh, yeah, yeah. I was pretty much spent for the night. You know, I had a few drinks yeah. with me, and I was like, eh, let's check out some Romero uh, documentary on Netflix. It's Birth of the Living Dead. Basically, it was a documentary about Night of the Living Dead, and pretty much it was just regurgitated bullshit that we already know. If you're a hardcore Romero fan, you know 90% of the stuff, but it's still a fun watch, and you know, it's Netflix, it's free, so I would recommend checking it out. I think it's like an hour and 20 minutes or something, so. Now, is this the new documentary with, like, Romero's in it, right? Yeah. Like, he, is this the new one? That's I think I've seen this on Amazon. I was going to rent it on Amazon, yeah, and then he, I was just like, me. Yeah, he's, uh, they interview Romero and shit, and they re- interview a lot of people from, uh, different sources about, you know, Night of the Living Dead and the history of Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. which is cool. I mean, you know, if you're the average, you know, horror movie fan, you'll really enjoy it. But if you're a hardcore Romero fan, you know 90% of it, like I was saying. So, um, but there it's was... still worth a the, watch, though. The, yeah, there was little tidbits in there that uh, were a lot of fun, you know. He, he seemed really fucking pissed off when they, they asked him about the whole uh, public domain thing. <laughs> about uh, how, you know, of course he doesn't own the rights to the actual film because it's mm-hmm. public domain now. So you could just tell in his tone that he was just so fucking pissed off that he was even talking about that again, which I thought was hilarious. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's always been an issue, and that's why, like, it's, you know, we were lucky enough to get that elite special edition DVD um, that was put out of the Night of the Living Dead, which is, if you don't have it, like, where the fuck... You've been sleeping on this shit. Like, get on it. Like, that is probably um, the the release uh, for Night of Living Dead. It's got a shitload of extras. It's got, like, all these commercials Romero did back in the day. Um, it was... I think it was before the... There's always vanilla um, double release with uh, 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 Season of the Witch. And it had a bunch of uh, scenes uh, from uh, There's Always Vanilla. And then um, there's also a film called um, what is it, uh, Vagrant or something like that with mm-hmm. Carl Hardman that they were gonna they were starting, but I think they started after Another Living Dead because I think I want to I want to say that the the footage was in black and white of just a Carl Hardman on like a, on the street with like a fucking bottle in his hand drunk and uh, <laughs> yeah, but like just for the extras alone, like that DVD get on it. But uh, was that an, was that an Anchor Bay release? No, Elite put it out. Oh, oh Elite, you said yeah, Elite. Elite, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic, and um, I haven't actually, I haven't watched that in a while. I remember when it first came out, I grabbed that motherfucker up, you know, when it first got released, and uh, it is the ultimate release of Night of the Living Dead. I, like I said, I haven't watched it on um, the HDTV yet, um, but... I'm sure Elite put out some great stuff. I'm sure that print looks amazing because I remember just watching on the old fucking tube TV. It looked fucking impressive. So, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't. I've heard there's some Blu-ray releases, but like, there's no official Blu-ray release. I don't think you'll ever get one because companies are just fucking. They don't. They they don't. They're scared because they yeah. know that it's public domain, so anybody, anybody can just yeah. take their print and um, put it on a DVD. So they're scared of investing a bunch of money into something that a bunch of jackasses can go rip off. And I don't know if a lot of these companies. I don't think a bunch of these little fucking rinky-dink fly-by-night companies have stole the elite print because I don't. I think there's some kind of legality thing with that where like you can't use that print. Hmm. So, because um, I I don't buy them. I think Newt from Asshat Podcast he says he if it's a different cover or something and he sees like a cheap release of Night of the Living Dead he'll buy it. And I've seen some really cool cover artwork for um, some of these shitty rinky dink releases. It's like eh, you don't have to watch the fucking movie. It's just for display purposes only, you know. So and I have a few of those crap ones, but why why wouldn't Romero put something out? He could throw some extra cash in his pocket, dude. I because it, it's it's the investment thing I think is what it is is they don't want to invest all this money into a restoration and then have some fucking rinky dink shit ass company but, go steal the HD but print his, of it. His would be the ultimate edition if Romero had his own company put out his his own version of the film, then nobody why, else would buy anything not? else. Yeah, why not just um, you know put it like add it? I don't know. I think like that. Um, What's that one print? Was it the 30th anniversary or whatever? Like they added that's new the, footage that's in. That's the one I got. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, they added new footage in, so like technically they nobody can fuck with that because I think there's different. You know, they added new scenes. I think that if he had like some, um, if he had the original um, negative and he had maybe like he could maybe extend out a scene, maybe there would be a way around it to where he could copyright that. And say this is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then. You know, maybe like a scene is like, you know, a minute longer or something like that. And they can say, this is the uncut print. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't reuse this and then copyright that. I'm sure he's looked at everything. And I know that night 90, that was their opportunity to try to um, get some money back in their pockets. But of course, you know, there was just all kinds of problems and a lot of people hated it. I love night 90. Fuck all you fucking night ninety haters. I don't like I don't give a fuck what you say. That movie's great. Like you're fucking delusional, you're smoking crack, and you know who you are. Like there's a few podcasts out there that like constantly rag on it. Fuck you guys. And you know who I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> fuck you assholes. Like I don't you're smoking crack. Like you got to see it in the theater and you don't like it, like you're smoking crack. Like what the fuck else is there out here anyway? Like I don't know. I I just finally um, tracked down um, um, Joe Bob's Drive-In that he did on the movie channel. Yes, I watched that, yes. And uh, he did a showing, a double feature of the original and then the remake, and then, like, Tom was on there and shit, talking with the original cast. And they actually had um, the guy who played, um, what the fuck is his name? The one dude that committed suicide? That was, like, his, I think he did a convention around that time, and then he did that, like, showing and he was on there the guy that played the um what's her name's boyfriend the one dude oh uh, uh, fuck i don't remember what's his name yeah, i can't remember yeah. i can't remember the character's name either but regis he, uh, uh nephew or something whatever it was his name tom or something tom, like that. tom yeah. yeah 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 he was on that which was great you know because the guy you know isn't with us anymore he really didn't ever do anything like as far as like um extras or anything like that so it's a nice little a nice little treat you know and um that's from like the i think the early 90s so uh that was really cool to get to see that and um 
you know, I just love 990, and it has nothing to do with compare them. No, the rules I, compare them. There's no comparison. There's no comparison. You know what I mean? And I love 992, other than that trout sniffer, uh, Tom Savini. I do love the film. But, <laughs> right, uh, right. It's, yeah, and I actually love the soundtrack, even though everybody hates it. It's just so, it's so simple, and I don't know. Well, even Tom, even Tom hates it. And have you seen the I like, I like, like the, yeah, I haven't seen the work. Even, ta- even on that, on that, um, on that episode of Joe Bob's Driving, he's like, we did do an uncut version, which he's referring to the work print, and he's like, he, and he really likes the work print, like, and he used all kinds of music. He used, like, music from, like, fucking the past 20 years of horror movies. Like, I think there's Exorcist soundtrack, like, all kinds of, like, he basically just went wild. It's good. I mean, like, I see why he likes that cut, and it is good, and it's got all the head fucking... Head headshot scenes are in there and everything, and yeah, it's really good and stuff. But like, it doesn't you know, it I, doesn't need that though. I don't think. No, I mean, it doesn't need that. I I still like even though I I've got the work print. I like the work print. If I'm gonna put it in and be like, we're gonna watch Night Ninety tonight. I'm gonna go get the DVD. I know it's on Blu-ray. I've seen the screenshots from the Blu-ray, and it's got this blue hue. I'm like. Whatever the fuck that company is, some fly by night bullshit. I'm like Twilight Times, yeah. I Twilight know. Time. Who the fuck are you? I know they put out a few horror releases. Who the fuck is Twilight Time? I never heard of these motherfuckers. Are you kidding me? Who the fuck is Twilight Time? Why do you have the rights to night ninety? Why did someone put those in your hand? And if you're gonna put out a fucking Blu-ray, why didn't you fucking find the original negatives for the fucking some put out a director's cut? I'm not paying and I remember they wanted a bunch of money for that fucking release. I'm not paying you all this crazy money for some sh- pile of shit, regurgitated shit that don't even look good. Uh, who owns the rights to that? Universal? Universal, get on this Blu-ray and put out something worth a fuck because you're not getting my money. I've already got the DVD. I'm very fucking satisfied with the DVD and all the extras. I'm not showing out any more money. And, like, if you think you're going to trick, like, I guess you tricked some of the Romero fans, but, like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm like, a fucking lover of Night 90, and you didn't trick me into it. They like, tricked, they tricked a lot of people into liking the actual blue screen. That's what Savini approved it. He thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, he's smoking crack. Anyway, I heard that um, somebody had went and like fixed it, fixed that print, and then put it on like YouTube and shit. So I don't know if it's still out there, but honestly, don't give these fucking jackasses your money. If you want that on blue, just go find the torrent, please. Bootleg this motherfucker. I'm encouraging every fucking Romero fan to go out and bootleg this. Do not give these people your money. Fuck that. <laughs> bootleg it. I if if you need help, hit me up. I'll find it for you. Bootleg it. Fuck them. <laughs> Telling you, I'm encouraging people to fucking rip these jackass. Because it's really honestly, if you look at it, like these people are trying to rip you off. Fuck yeah. that. Fuck them before they fuck you. That's how I look at it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking uh, who's gonna who's gonna be the bandit? It's gonna be me. I'm gonna have a fucking bag with a dollar sign on. I'm gonna have a little bandit mask. It's gonna be full of torrents. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna give them away. I'm like Robin Hood of torrents. Give to the poor. I'm gonna steal from the studios and give to the poor. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Let's get it. Let's get into some more news. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, this other moving. asshole that's trying to fucking regurgitate some shit. That's the hey, that's a perfect good. perfect segue. Yeah, it was actually yeah. The poster just came out this week of uh, the new Green Inferno movie by uh, Eli Roth. 
Oh, you mean Cannibal Holocaust? Yeah, oh, wait. AKA, oh, AKA Cannibal Holocaust uh, rip, rip AKA off. AKA Cannibal Holocaust rip off. And um, this is actually, I'm, I looked on IMDb and this is actually says 2013. So this might be another Thanksgiving scenario where he he fucking gets the fans pumped. We haven't seen a trailer yet, but. Oh, it's out. Time. The trailer just oh, came is. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen the trailer yet. So this, I'm guessing this is a scenario where he's going to get the fans pumped and then he's going to be like, oh, I couldn't find the money. Yeah, is it shot? Is it's the whole thing it's shot? shot and it's supposedly coming out the this fall, but uh, we'll see. I mean, until he drops it, I won't you know hold my breath. Yeah, yeah. So, um, of course, screenshots and everything are out now, and it actually, of course, looks like a Cannibal Holocaust ripoff. The acting from the trailer looks really shoddy, which you can get away with in the seventies. And Cannibal Holocaust, of course, is classic. Mm-hmm. And um, and the acting's really not that bad in it. The actually. acting's really, really yeah, I really enjoyed the acting, but I don't know how they're going to pull this off. So. We'll have to see, and so he's purposely trying. He's doing like a Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino thing, like Grindhouse, or like Machete, where he's trying to purposely make it shitty. I see. I don't know that. I don't know because uh, based off the trailer, it looks like uh, people are uh, on a plane, and plane crash happens, and they get stuck in oh. know, the rainforest or where the and fuck they cannibals, are. and cannibals, they got to survive. Yeah. That sounds. That sounds cool. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's an exploit, you know, a jungle horror exploitation from the '70s that had that scenario because it sounds very reminiscent of something I saw when I was fucked up once, <laughs> once. <laughs> um, but, but um, I'm, you know, I really was looking forward to Thanksgiving. So, I mean, I'll check this out. I really will. You know, Thanks, I, I Thanksgiving's go- coming gone. I think. I mean, yeah, that's that, not that whole uh, Robert Rodriguez abortion. I mean, he's come out with so much shit afterwards. So. With the whole machete kills, which I deem my worst film of last year, if that even came out last year, I can't even remember that far back. But I, I never even watched it. I watched the first one. I kind of had a fun with it. I tried to watch the, it the second time. The first was one like, was oh. gold compared to the second one. The second one was god awful. I didn't. Well, honestly, I didn't like the first one enough to want to see the second. Look, I, the reason was is. And it's like I made the mistake with these Hollywood movies of going into it with high expectations. You cannot approach a Hollywood movie anymore with high expectations. You will not enjoy it. If you like like the last two Hollywood movies I went and saw at the theater, I had no expectations. I thought they were going to be poop. And the two movies that I went and saw was um, The Conjuring mm-hmm. and Evil Dead. And I know you hated Evil Dead, but you like Conjuring. I right? like Conjuring. Yeah, I own it. I own it too. I also own the Evil Dead remake because oh. I liked them. I actually liked them both. But dude, I didn't expect anything out of the Evil Dead remake. I was. And I know. I th- we've talked about this. I know you hated it, but we both agreed that the ending was good, and that's what saved it for me. Was like raining blood. Raining so, blood is the best part of the flick. Yeah, it's like fucking. You know, when you when you base your ending off of Slayer song, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna work out. But yeah, I mean, I went in with like zero um, expectations. I thought it was gonna be poop. It ended up being a little bit better than poop, so it was pee. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 It was a little bit of urine. It wasn't um, feces smeared on your face when you didn't get it in the mouth, but um, it was urine. If you wanted that um, water sports uh, uh, golden shower, that's what it was. <laughs> I, I bought the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray 
Oh my god, man! That that fucking um, the 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 sound on it, man! I, I got a chance to check that Blu-ray out, and it just blew the fucking doors off. Um, I really enjoyed it. I bought the um, Conjuring Blu-ray, um, but I didn't actually like. I just bought it. I never even watched it. Like I don't. It's no offense to the movie or anything. I just haven't had time. I just was like, I found it for ten bucks. It was I think Target was running sales when it came out, and I'm like, ah. I like that movie. I'm going to grab it up. And uh, it just kind of sat on the shelf. I've got a lot of stuff, a lot of Blu-rays sitting here that haven't been opened. Me too. So, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's, not, it's nothing like I don't like the movies. or I this. You just want to get them what? when they're on sale, yeah. I want to grab them when they're on sale. Yeah. I have them. You know, I'm a collector. But not only that, but life's just been crazy for me right now. And it's really hard to sit down and actually, like, take in a movie and be like, all right, you have my attention. You sure. know what I mean? No, like, yeah. It's just been difficult. If I lately, if I put on a movie and I'm not feeling it, it's like I'm gonna be up. I'm gonna like. I found it in like the past year, just because life's been crazy, so crazy, and just been working and just a lot of changes going on. It's like if I'm gonna sit down and watch a movie, like I end up pausing it like four times. So I'm like, ah, I gotta go smoke a cigarette, like. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to throw laundry on. Like, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, it's really hard. And, um, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I talk, I took in the um, last season of American Horror Story. And I found, like, the same thing with that, like, to get through every, each episode. Like, and it's, like, 45 minutes, you know, if you DVR'd it and you're fast-forwarding through the commercials. And, like, maybe that's what it said about that that particular season. But I found, like, myself, like, ah, I'm going to pause this and, like, to go and fuck around for, like, 30 minutes and take me, like, three hours to watch one episode not all of them around the end of that season like i was like glued but like the first four or five episodes i'm like eh, I'll, I'll put in laundry i'll think i'll fucking um i think i'm gonna do a fucking puzzle <laughs> that's why i didn't get that's why i didn't get past the first fucking episode <laughs> it's it's good you, you know it took like it's like uh it's three episodes in which were like um the second season fuck man like Second episode had me hooked. You know what I mean? Whereas this last this last season, uh, five episodes, I was kind of hooked. Like probably the last three episodes, I was like, oh yeah. But then the last episode, I don't want to give it away. But if you listen to MVP um, Mutant Radio with Strebo, um, me and him covered the entire season. Um, which was interesting. I don't think we only did it for like an hour and a half, but somehow we were able to like beat for beat touch upon every episode because he found. Nice. Um, I guess it was an IMDb list where it had like a rough rough um, synopsis for each episode. He's like, "Hey, well, I've got a little. I've got a list here, which each one has a little synopsis." And I was like, "Okay, we'll just read the synopsis, and that'll you know." Uh, jog my memory and stuff and then we can get into it so that was fun and um but yeah the last season american horror story wasn't the greatest but i'm looking forward to um season four um and i don't watch a lot of tv and any ec listeners out there know that so you know whatever but i do watch american horror story so yeah Oh, in Salem. I've been catching a couple episodes of that. That's real fucking sleazy. I haven't actually, like, I just catch, like, little tidbits. But um, are you watching that? Uh-huh. I think it's on WGN, but it might be on FX, too. I'm a broke sure. hobo, dude. I don't have cable. Well, just fucking bootleg. I'm sure there's, like, sites that are streaming it or something. Like, that's what I'm going to have to do because I think it's five episodes in. But I was actually watching it earlier over at my boy's house. We were kicking it, and he's like, look what's coming on. He's like, last week they burned a bunch of people. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. I'm like, Salem. I'm like, 
I watched like the first 20 minutes and I'm like, there's a, there's already like a fuck scene and, um, some dude got stabbed through the hand and like, um, yeah, man, it's like pretty sleazy for, and we were watching on WGN. I'm like, fuck WGN's getting sleazy. Hell yeah. (laughs) Like you already got a fuck scene in the first 20 minutes of the show. Yeah. I'm used to the Bozo Super Sunday show. Oh, dude, Bozo the Clown? Oh, man, you're taking me back to my childhood. He died, didn't he, like uh, five or six years ago? Fuck, I don't know. I just wanted to play the bucket game where you throw the yeah, ping pong dude. balls on the fucking buckets. Dude, I always wanted to go. With, it was shot in Chicago, was it? I, it was always on WGN, like, Sunday mornings, dude. Well, that's out of Chicago. Yeah, dude, like, I so wanted to. Man, you take me back to my childhood now, man. I, that's all I wanted to do is go on the Bozo the Clown show so I could throw the balls in the buckets. Hey. I was like, I can get that last. Bucket. You get hundred dollars cash. We get the last bucket. Bucket ten. I know, dude. And I was like, I can do it. I would tell my mom and dad, I'm like, I can get bucket ten. I know it. Like I used to when I was a kid, I'd have like little buckets set up in my like bedroom. I'd be like practicing and shit, throwing balls. I'm like, I know I can get bucket ten. I'm telling you. Put me on the damn show. Dude, there's fucking dumbass kids missing bucket one, I remember. I know. They were like, it was like, all right, we don't want to give the 100 bucks, so, so get the kid with Down syndrome to fucking throw balls. Like, ooh, ooh, my pants. Yeah, that, you taking me back to my childhood now, man. I watch it every morning. Those are the clowns on. All right. Yeah. Like, I'd jump out of bed. I'd be like, damn, I'm feeling brand new. Bozo's on. Well, I, I think that I think that should uh, move us into a break here. Uh, you, okay. You want to tell the, you want to tell these motherfuckers what we're gonna be talking about here? We are going to be talking about the film from 1984, and the film is 1984. <laughs> God, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we be back. You made love to me beautifully. Jim Brown is black gun. He has everything a woman needs. And everything the man wants. The man wants the word from you. Then he's out of luck. Black Gun. New from Columbia Pictures. Starring Jim Brown. Better than he's ever been. Cause he's looking for the mother that killed his brother. What do you want? I want you. It's money you want, you got it. Wrong commodity, Capelli. I want you. Black Gun. Rated R for your sake. Under 17, not admitted without parent. Jim Brown and Martin Landau in Black Gun. Wait till he finds the mother who killed his brother. Psst. Hey, good looking. Want a date? Are you looking for a sleazy good time? Then check out the podcast that gives you more half and half bang for your buck than any other show out there. Exploited Cinema. Join hosts Bat32, Dale Roy, and The Goat as they bring you sleazy and cheesy movie reviews each month. They'll also bring you engrossing interviews with indie filmmakers and horror historians. So what are you waiting for? Put your money on the dresser and get busy or else stop wasting my time. 
I need a man-sized podcast. Not one for little boys. And that means exploited cinema. Listen up, suckers. Visit Exploited Cinema today at www.exploitedcinema.blogspot.com. You dig? The world we are preparing, Winston, is a constant victory, a constant triumph. You are beginning to accept it, and soon welcome it, and finally become part of it. In 1949, George Orwell had a vision of the future. Today, that vision is still a best-selling novel, and his prophecy remains as terrifying as ever. If you want a vision of the future, Winston, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. A future where freedom becomes slavery. Where privacy is forbidden, the past forgotten and where living people simply vanish. Yet one man and one woman dare to love. Can you get Sunday afternoon off? Yes. Take this. Everyone knows. The thing that is in room 101 is the worst thing in the world. We can't get inside you. We can't get to your heart. John Hurt, Susanna Hamilton, Cyril Cusack, and Richard Burton in the crowning role of his career. What are your true feelings towards Big Brother? I hate him. You must love him. It's not enough to obey him. You must love him. The film of the book of the year. George Orwell's 1984. Welcome back to Hobo with a Podcast. And I'm joined by Riverman. Ew. We had a nice little break, a little smoke break, a little piss break. And um, we're back to rock into 1984, put out in 1984. Mm-hmm. This film was directed by Michael Radford. And I'm not familiar with him heavily, so I don't really know what else he's done. But... Um, I've got the IMDb page open here, but I'm not going to click around. So, but um, it's starring uh, John Hurt, and um, John Hurt was in, has been in a shitload of stuff. Yeah, he is fantastic British actor. Um, Richard Burton's in it. Cyril Cusack uh, is he related to the rest of the Cusacks? That's what I was. Cusack? I was kind of wondering that too. I don't know, man. He was in Harold <laughs> Maud, I think. Yeah, which, which I yeah. love. Harold Maud. That's one of my favorite films. And um, like we did on the first episode, we didn't really delve too heavily into. Um, we're not going to do like EC where we do play by play, scene by scene. But um, 
we'll kind of go over this. Um, basically, uh, like a nuclear war had, and I also want to mention this is the granddaddy of uh, dystopic stories. It's not. Um, I know there was a film like in the fifties that was done an adaptation of it, but like this is really the basis for all of the great uh, dystopic films like Logan's Run, um, Soylent Green, uh, Omega Man. Well, Omega Man's kind of. Um, well, I guess was like that post was that after um, Omega Man. No, that was in the seventies, but I don't know if that was really. Based off nineteen four, but I, I feel like Soylent Green was heavily yeah um, borrowing stuff from nineteen eighty four, and um, you know there's a some great uh, dystopic films out. There. Clockwork Orange is a dystopic film, so this is like post um, nuclear war, um, and basically. Uh, the world has been divided into like three states, and, and um, I, I don't really want to. I don't really ramble on because, like, I'm, I'm I'm into conspiracy theories, and I could go on to all kinds of shit. But like, but one thing I will state here is that um, whether you believe it or you know it or you're aware of it, our country, is, the U, United States of America, is a corporation. I mean, you can look this up. This is, I mean, they they tell you we are a corporation. Like, this is fact. Believe it or not. Do your fucking homework. So, in this sense, I would think that, like, three three major corporations had taken over the world. Mm-hmm. And um, we're kind of viewing the um, London um, state, which is Oceania. Mm-hmm. And, um, post-war. Post-war. Uh, I'm guessing this would be post-World War II. And... Um, the Nazis won. I don't know. That's how I feel about Clockwork yeah. Orange is that like the Nazis had won, even though that's not really, they don't really come out and state it, but a lot of these, um, dystopic, I mean, if it's, if it's not a utopia and it's a dystopia and it's following world war two, then you know, the, the Nazis won, Yeah, you know? So, and, uh, basically, uh, what we've got here is we've got disinfo, and it really like I mean I can show you examples of, of our our society that's a, that we are living in fucking 1984. Uh, George Orwell wrote the book back in what is it the 30s or the 40s? He predicted what we're what we're in right now. He just got the year wrong. It wasn't 1984. It's like. You know, 2005 on is now 1984. We are living in this fucking Big Brother reality. And if you don't believe it, like, if you haven't seen the film, look around. Is your living room got a flat screen TV in it? Does yours, Reverend Man, do you got a flat screen TV? I do got a flat screen. I have the internet, and I also have a uh, computer with a uh, camera, camera built and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these dumbasses have their Xboxes with their camera ready to rock and roll right in their living room. Yeah. You know what's interesting about the new Xboxes? Mm. You can't operate that Xbox without the internet connected to it and the camera connected to it. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And see, Stalin said it that you we won't have to force you into uh, communism. You will buy into it. You it will just it will just flow into your reality naturally. Like, and that's where we're living. And then people always said back in the eighties, oh, I'll never get a camera in my house. And no, <laughs> they won't force it upon you. They'll trick you into buying it with this technology that you feel you have to have. 
you've got to have it or you can't be cool. You're not one of the cool kids because you don't got the new Xbox and you don't got this and you don't got that. It, you know? It's funny. We're just talking about this at work today. You post a picture on Facebook and your fucking location is broadcast mm-hmm. to everybody on the internet, like where you actually took the picture. So down to a GPS signal so they know exactly where you are. Yeah, you don't even have to be stupid enough to tell them where you took the picture because they already know. Yeah. And I know there's things like you have to be a little bit more intelligent than most of these fucking monkeys, which is the majority are monkeys. Um, they don't know how to set change those settings on Facebook. So, like, you know where they're at. And, like, not only that, but, like, if I'm messaging you on Facebook and you're traveling, like, down the road, I know every fucking town you're in. Like, mm-hmm. every time you send me a message, I know exactly where you are. You know, and a lot of people are just so fucking stupid that they don't... Either they're just stupid or they just don't care and they're lazy. They just don't give a fuck anymore. So, yeah, tell, let me know when you're going out of town and, um, you know, oh, you got $10,000 at your house and you're going to be out of town for a week. Let me know. That's I'll why you should... Come that's in why, there and rob your ass. That's why, you, that's why you should never tell anybody, like, or you should never post it on Facebook and shit. You're yeah, leaving town. A lot of these, like your phone has a thing um, on there. Now you can go in there with the settings, but automatically the factory settings, if you take a photograph mm-hmm. and you post it, um, there's ways that it's encoded right into the photograph yep. of um, the uh, uh, the exact coordinates. Mm-hmm. So if you just took a picture of your brand new fucking HDTV or this new safe that you're going to put ten grand in or whatever, and you took a picture of it and you're boasting about it and stuff on Facebook, and you're and then like a week later you're also like I'm off to Florida for two months. Like I, we already know, we know you got the safe. Like we we know where your house is. We know we can rock it with some dynamite and blow the fucking door off, and we're ready to rock and roll. Like you might as well leave the door unlocked and the keys in the safe, because I mean that's how stupid you are. So <laughs> <laughs> fuck. But yeah, I mean we're living in 1984. Believe it or not, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist anymore because it's not a theory anymore. It's fact. You know we're we're living in 1984 now. I mean it's not quite as bad, but. You know, give it another 10, 20 years and we'll be right there. Um, But yeah, basically, the film follows John Hurt, and his name is Winston Smith. And he basically, um, he works for the government and he rewrites history. Yes. And uh, basically, like, if um, something, like, someone's telling the fact, he'll see it and he'll go, okay, um, the masses aren't going to, they're not going to like this or this isn't going to go good. We're talking about chocolate rations. He actually knows how much chocolate rations is actually going, like, they're telling people rations are going up, but he knows it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, was it Cyril? Uh, Cusack's character, one of the, the fat guy, he's like, oh, <laughs> uh, chocolate rations is going up, and it's funny, like, John Hurt's like, yeah, I know, that's that's bullshit. Yeah, I heard that, yeah, like, because he, he's writing the fucking news, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so he knows, like, that there's bullshit going on. And also, he goes down to where, like, the proletarians hang out, and um, the proletarians are basically the people living outside of the system. Now, that sounds good, like, oh, you're not under Big Brother's, you know, restrictions and stuff, but you probably, like, you probably don't have the barcode or the chip put in your hand, so you pr- you're probably not going to be able to get a job. You probably aren't going to be able to get food. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. pretty much roughing it out in the wild, and I'm guessing, like, they don't get into it heavily, but I'm guessing that they've destroyed most of the natural resources to where you're not going to be able to live off the land. Yeah. 
You know, so if you are proletarian, you're outside of the system, you're fucked. You're pretty fucked. And um, he likes to go down to, like, hang out in the slums and shit once in a while. He'll go down there. And he's part of the, um, you know, the this, this, uh, uh, this, big brother state that you know is engulfing everything like he's part of it but like he is aware that there's plenty of shit going on here and um they're also in a celibate state let's just add that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean sex is a crime yeah. and uh we've got that great soundtrack and i have the um vinyl actually eurythmic sex crime <laughs> like <laughs> I've got that soundtrack and stuff. Yeah, sex is a crime if you have sex. Because they don't want you reproducing because you're trying to keep control on... Um, of course, in, if you don't believe it's happening, look at... Um, you know, you've got uh, birth control, condoms, so on and so you got Bill Gates saying that um, we need to get population control. I mean, so population control is already going on. It's been going on. Um, this was borrowed, actually. I love that we're doing this because I can actually educate some of these people out here about things. We actually borrowed um, Planned Parenthood and everything. We got that from the Nazis. Yeah. We, yeah, that's all. Um, vaccines and stuff, that's all from the Nazis. And if you look at all these documents and why they designed all this stuff, you think it's for your own good and everything? No, the, the Nazis uh, designed it for population control. They did not want the Jews reproducing. Um, and of course, if you're like, if you're low man on a totem pole, even if you're German or whatever, they don't want you reproducing either. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you look at the Nazis and like, the only way you were able to reproduce is if you had all the fucking teeth in your head and if you could, like, uh, track back, like, uh, 50 years that you were, like, a real Aryan race and stuff. Like, and you were you were undesirable if you didn't have all the teeth in your head. Well, shit, I mean, I'd be undesirable because, fuck, I'm missing a tooth, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not a front one, but, like, like, about a year ago, I fucking had a rotten fucking molar. And, <laughs> and fucking take it, it was, like, either pay $400 to try to save it or yeah. pull it for like 50. I'm like, yeah, just pull that motherfucker. I'll get it. I'll, I'll live. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I'm all right. You know? So, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it's just crazy. And like now, like it's great because like a lot of this stuff, like that's going on now, people can actually see it. It's not, it's not really as far as the conspiracy. It's pretty com. It's pretty much com- common knowledge. And like, you can compare it to this film and go, Whoa, we're living, we're really living in 1984. You know, uh, telescreens are here. You know, they're in your living room. You bought it. You went out and spent $500 on that fucking telescreen. They didn't force it upon you. It's there. <laughs> you know, you wanted it. Like, and it's 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 even better than 1984 now for them for the opposition because like they've tricked you into like thinking that you need this and um, there's another film that shows the HD flat screens and it's a Fahrenheit 451 which is another dystopic film where they're burning books and everything else following the Nazi and of course 451 degrees will burn a book um, if you didn't read the book when you were in school uh, there's a little more education for you on that. And, um, you know, I just, I just love this comparison. We can, we can keep running through the plot. I'm probably going to start bringing up real, more real life comparisons. Well, this, I mean, and this movie, a lot of movies have ripped it off ever since then. I mean, you can, you can go on like minority report, the whole thought Mm -hmm. crime. And there's many, many movies that have ripped this off, which, uh, I don't know if they're basing it off the, you know, ripping off of uh, the actual book and everything, but, um, it's it's been done before, and which 
I think it's kind of, I mean, going into this film, like, I didn't know what to think about it. I watched it, and I really enjoyed it, but there was something missing for me. But as I actually got to think about it for a couple days, it's it just grows on me more. Like, I c- come back and think about certain certain points in the film, and I question things. Like, the whole, the, the main dictator who... You know, I'm not giving any spoilers away, but uh, they showed his face and everything, and he's supposed to be the main dictator of the actual film. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's like Hitler, basically, is, or it, Stalin, or he actually looks I, like Stalin. He looks like, he? yeah, he looks like Stalin. But I have a question for you: Is he actually real? You know, that's the big question. You know, is he a figurehead? Is he like a puppet, like Obama? You know what I mean? Where he really, he really just um, works for the uh, the masters and stuff like that. Uh, is he real? Is he like, is he the Osama bin Laden? You know what I mean? Kind of character. Like, what? is he really even real? Do we know? What, do we ever we seen the guy? We don't see the guy other than on the no. Telescreens. We we don't see him. We never see him talk or anything like that. And coming away from the film, I I look at it and I'm like, okay, you know, the whole government probably created this guy just to scare people into thinking that there was war one going man. on one man yeah one man can do this yeah which i mean there was many many people of course o'brien in the actual film was a part of the whole thing mm-hmm. and um that's what i came away with it want just questioning whether he was actually you know whether he was just a, a fictitious character or not yeah, that's a good question, and, I, and you know, I brought that question up as well, and I, you know, I've come to the conclusion that he's just a puppet. Um, if he is, if he is real, he's not in power. Um, he's, you know, because you only see a photograph and mm-hmm. like a voice, and he's so know. so creepy looking, dude. Oh. Yeah, and they're going, and then I, I sent you the poster, so with mm-hmm. the people with their arms crossed, and they just. They're fucking zombies. They're yeah. like, yes, we love you. We love this. We love that you um, take all of our money and we're enslaved. This is great, you know. And they're programmed. They're yeah. programmed zombies, is what they are, and they'll just go along with whatever. And you know, around the end of the film, this a little bit of spoilers, um, but at, at, around the start of the film, they were saying that they're um, at war with Europa. Was mm-hmm. that what it was? I think it was Europa. Yeah. And then. Um, Basically, by the end of the film, there was no war. We're not at war. Everything's yeah. fine. Like, you know what I mean? So they don't even know what the fuck's going on. It's like they're living. And like I said, that's why I compare it to like Logan's run. They're like living in a dome. They have no idea that there's anything outside of this society. Um, of course, you know, our, our main character, Winston, he knows because he goes, like I said, he goes and hangs out with the proletarians. He goes, there's a scene. And um, I really like this scene um, where he goes on to pick up a hooker. And yeah. um, it's great. Like he, he sees her and she looks young and shit. And then he like gets her in the room to fuck her. And she's like, she's clearly like 60, but like, it's really like, I don't know how they did the lighting or whatever, but like when you see her on the street, like, damn, she looks good. And then when you get closer, like, Whoa, you wrinkled as fuck. Like, you, you, you bent through the ringer, bitch. Damn. Like, then you can see where, why she was only charging $2. Right. Yeah. But you know, he's, you know, sex is a crime, so, like, he's like, fuck, I mean, I would just, like, fuck a hole with some lube in the wall. This is even better, you know what I mean? This beats jerking off, so... 
you know, he's all about it. But, uh, you know, he, he frequents, um, he, he goes down, down to the slums. He slums it. He goes to this one shop and, um, I guess like even having like belongings and stuff like uh, what does he pick up a snow globe, snow globe at that one yeah. shop? Yeah, and it's like some it's just like old stuff from like back when like you had somewhat rights and you know, were free. And so he's intrigued by all these little trinkets and stuff this man um, has at the shop, and he, he's like, hey, I've also got a um, room upstairs that you can rent. And so Winston rents it. Well, we see this one girl who's played by. Um, Susanna Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've seen her in anything else before. She does somewhat look familiar. I think she's another British actress. And um, she's she's a really good actress, She was too, really well. good in this, yeah. Mm-hmm. She plays the character of Julia. And she she seems like the most unlikely character that Winston would be able to, like, hang out with and shit and, like, talk to. Because she seems totally fucking brainwashed, but she's really not. Maybe she's just a fucking sex freak or whatever. But he starts hanging out with her and then starts bringing her back to this little apartment that he's rented and he's, like, fucking her and stuff all the time. And um, they're having this nice little romp. Um, One of the scenes I really like, I can't remember if this is a dream sequence or not. Um, remember when he opens that door up and it's like to the field, like yeah. that giant field. Oh my God. That visually, it's just fucking amazing. That's probably one of my, one of the best shots in the film. That's my favorite personally. And I come out, I come out with so many questions of this film. Like there's little things that I need to go back and rewatch because there's things I feel like I'm missing, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually showed them or they actually didn't show them. So that that's what keeps me wanting to come back to this film. This film was really one of those films like you got to read the book and um, you got to know about what's going on um, politically to really get the full scope of everything. And not only that, but it does take rewatchability because there's it's like this is great like because it's really hard for a film to have a situation where you can actually read between the lines. Like you can do that with a book. But it's really, it's really kind of difficult with a movie, at least as far as from like a filmmaker standpoint. How do you, how do you translate reading between the lines in a book to screen? And um, I think that this film was um, the most successful to where, yeah, when you, it's like a, it's like a foreign film. Mm-hmm. When you rewatch this, like an Italian film, it's like when you rewatch it, you see something new. And yeah, every time I every time I see the film, like I see something new. I'm like, oh wow, there's this or there's that. Um, another great scene is uh, Winston. He has this journal. That's another thing. Is uh, like you're not supposed to be doing is you're not supposed to be writing. You're not supposed to be thinking. Yeah, you're not supposed to be doing anything um, within your own mind. That's how fucking bad it's gotten. Because when people start thinking, they start having realizations about what's going on, and then you have revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think we have going on in this country right now. We have a revolt, and I'm fucking totally for it. Throw my fist up. I've got it up right now. Fucking revolution, baby. I put it in the first Sleaze Fiend magazine. Like I, said, I, see, I try to pepper things. I don't try to force things down, force stuff um, down people's throat, but I like to pepper it in there because I'm, I'm trying to reprogram. When I, when I put stuff together, I try to reprogram people because people are, are on this. They're living this 1984 dream or nightmare, I think it's a nightmare, where they watch TV and, oh, President Obama said that everything's going to be okay. You're Stalin. He's on the TV. Everything's going to be okay. But, yeah, you fucking can't find a job and groceries are going up, gas is going up, and fucking you you basically live to work. You're a slave. You know what I mean? And you love it. You love being a slave, you know? 
So, um, you know, I'm glad we're doing this episode because, you know, hopefully it opens up people's minds. Most of the people that are listening probably are already familiar with us, are probably extremely intelligent and know what's going on. So I'm not educating any of them. And bravo to you that you're educated and that, you know, you know what's going on. Um, but yeah, this is, it's like, I love that scene with Winston. He's got that little journal hidden in the wall where the little brick comes out and stuff. And he sits because the telescreen has a camera in it so they can see you. Mm-hmm. So he sits next to it to where, like, they can't see him. And he writes in the journal. And actually it was, um, I can't remember, was it April 4th, April 1984? 4th, yeah. yeah. He, he writes a journal entry. That it was, scene was actually shot on April 4th, 1984. So the day that he wrote that journal entry, which took place in the book, it was that was the date. Um, they actually filmed it on that date, which is fucking awesome. Like most of the dates that um, you see in the film, the film was actually shot. And um, honestly, like this is a really like um, interesting undertaking with the filmmakers because they wanted to film in 1984. They wanted to release it in 18, 1984. Um, and, you know, that's just like really bold to mm-hmm. try to pull that off. Cause when, you know, you're, you've done film, I've done film. It's like to try to plan something like that. Of course they had like a, you know, eight and a half million dollar fucking budget, eight point five million dollar budget. So, you know, they had a little bit of money to work with to be able to pull this off. But like as a filmmaker, it's just like a lot of stuff happens, you know, that you can't foresee. So for them to be able to pull this off and go go, you know, a- able to pull off their plans of trying to actually date the film perfectly, um, you know, it's just it's just a, a, a bold undertaking as far as I'm concerned. And um, it's just an amazing project. And um, I haven't seen there. There's two adapt two earlier adaptions. There's one from like 1950 something, which I've heard a lot of people really enjoy. And um, I hear it falls the book pretty good. Um, but I don't know if they were able to do that. Like I said, I haven't seen it. So I don't know if they were able to do the nudity, you know, the sex scenes and the sex crimes and stuff. But this film, they do. It does have a sleazy side to it you know mm-hmm. so um i feel like i'm i feel like we're giving a lot away uh, no, <laughs> like no, i don't want to spoil a no, lot you know not too much i mean i'm i'm looking forward to actually reading that the book george mm-hmm. orwell's book 1984 so and um i know a lot of and you know a lot of, like this book i know years before was banned in a lot of high schools and stuff and for obvious reasons because they don't want you to know what's really going on they don't want you to think you know, but um, I remember when I was in like middle school, we read um, uh, George Orwell's was Animal Farm, mm. which has a lot of stuff. Like if you watch the movie and stuff, you're like, oh, this is great. It's like it's like fucking babe, but it's not. It's got a bunch of political shit going on. I mean, like most of his stuff is political and uh, making you want to think critically about things. You know what I mean? So, um, but. You know, going back to uh, 1984, this is really like this is really the basis for um, most of the dystopic films that came out in the 70s, 60s, and 70s. And um, like I said, another great um, book and film was uh, uh, Fahrenheit 451, and I want to think that this was an inspiration for that project too, as well. Um, Ray Bradbury. You know what I mean? Another amazing science science fiction writer. He's probably one of the most prolific um, science fiction writers. Uh, and he died here last year, didn't he? 
he passed away in 2013 and uh he it's interesting because he wrote a lot of sci-fi stuff and that man didn't he believe he he said that aliens didn't exist that it was just bullshit and that he didn't really believe aliens existed even though he made a fortune off science fiction (laughs) like (laughs) and i never read i read uh fahrenheit 451 but i never read any of his other stuff but you know, I want to think that like he read 1984 and was like inspired to do Fahrenheit 451. Of course, the Nazis inspired that too, mm-hmm. with the book burning shit heavily. So, but um, I, I want to say that uh, you know, if, if if George Orwell hadn't written 1984, um, we may have not seen stuff like uh, Clockwork Orange and um, Fahrenheit 451 and Silent Green. You know, I really believe that. Or like Death Race 2000. Mm-hmm. That's another dystopic film where there's like some fucking, like everybody's brainwashed into this race and they think it's all great, but they're actually like fucking, it's, you got euthanasia going on. And, um, you know, I, it's one of, it's probably the greatest work uh, uh, as far as like novels go in the you know past hundred years. What about know? The Running Man? The Running Man's great, but if you look at fucking the original, if you look at the original story, King wrote it, fucking doesn't even follow the movie. I know a lot of, I was talking to Newt, I don't know, Newt listens, he he listened to the first episode, but Newt, if you're listening, you're fucking crazy, The Running Man's great. It's awesome, dude. He he actually said King's fucking book was better, I was like, you're crazy. Running Man's Fucking nutty. The book is terrible, but the movie's great. You know, it's one of Schwarzenegger's best films. But yeah, that's another great dystopian film that's... Like, if, if 1984 hadn't existed... And that's another one where they're, like, lying to people. Yep. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, the new Running Man winner! And, like, they find out at the end of the movie, oh, spoilers, you know, none of them ever won. Like, it's yeah. just bullshit, you know? So... Yeah, that, that's very... That's, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's one film that, like, really... It's like very comparable to 1984. I mean, it's like an action movie, you know, like fucking Schwarzenegger, fucking Hollywood blockbuster, but mm-hmm. it's it's very reminiscent of 1984, so. Stephen King I, wrote it. Stephen King wrote it, and I'm sure that man read 1984. You know, he's he's written a lot of stuff that, you know, The Dark Tower was very dystopic in, um, in a sense, so... Um, I feel like if we if we keep talking about this, we may give too much yeah, away. Yeah, I don't I don't want to give too much away, but um, overall grade, I would have to say, um, I was I was impressed uh, with my first viewing, but I wasn't overly impressed. Yeah, but, I know because I asked you, I was like, "What did you think?" And you're like, "I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it." And I'm like, "I thought it was gonna knock your socks off." But like, then I talked to you to you know before we started doing the podcast, and you're like, "I don't know, man. I want to read the book." And I'm like, "Well, the movie followed the book, so if you're looking for something more, like, but I guess it's just you, you had to really just think about it and like you know go to work and just like yeah. have it on your mind and go, hey, wait a minute, there's something more here." So. Yeah, it's a movie you really you think about. Like I was saying, I was thinking about it all day. I was actually talking to some people at work today about it. And um, um, they were kind of, you know, I was asking questions. I mean, they didn't know the answers to them, but maybe we're not supposed to know the answers to them. And I do like movies like that. Mm-hmm. So I I do give it props for that. Um, uh, it wasn't perfect in my eyes, but uh, overall I thought it was very solid. I'd probably give it like a B-. minus. B plus. Well, that's not bad. Or B, that's a good, no, that's good. I go B, B, B minus. But um, yeah, I I do want to check it out again because there is some things I know I had missed in the film. So 
Yeah, I think it's like, like I said, it's it's like a Italian film where it's like, um, you know, if you watch like a Argento Giallo, it's like, like you really got to watch it like four times to be able to take in everything because there's so much coming at you. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, if you miss parts, you're going to be like, if you got up and took a piss or went and got some popcorn or something like, or smoked a cigarette and you didn't pause it. Yeah. You're going to be like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's really a movie. Like, and like I said, like, unless you know what's really going on, like you, it's vague. Like there's little hints of stuff where it's like, shit, I need to research this. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, like I can't, I can't drive home this stuff enough because people like a lot of people out here like don't don't think that they think this is a conspiracy theory. They they think that people, only crazy people believe this, but honestly, it translates to fucking modern day society. And I mean, if you don't believe, if you don't believe this is reality, like the proletarians, they like Lenin and Stalin used this term to uh describe the working class during those time periods so like if you don't believe it like even these motherfucking communist nutcases were using this shit they uh, they used it as a basis to try to build a society like it's translating to modern and like not even just modern day but even in the past like it's it's like and it's it's one of those questions I always when I see the the telescreens and stuff and then I look at what we've got now and I'm like is it art imitating life or is it life imitating art what do we got going on here or did fucking george orwell build the time machine and, and climb into that motherfucker and travel into the future and seeing what was going on you know did he set that motherfucker to 1984 and maybe him putting the book out slowed this stuff down and it, it, it of course goes back to like another um dystopic film as terminator mm-hmm. you know where like uh you know, in the the second Terminator, they were able to slow it down. But like third one, they're like, yeah, they were able to slow it down. It didn't happen in what was it, 1999. But like, but like it only slowed it down. It's inevitable. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Like that's the situation I think we're dealing with here is where you like, yeah, like it didn't happen in 1984, but it's happening. Like oh, we're, Rise of the Machines. Oh, yes. Yeah. Rise of the Machines. Yeah. Like. And then, you know, give it another 20 years and, you know, we may be living in this full on fucking 1984 society where, like, you, you want to fuck a girl and, like, you know, you're, you're going to fucking be brought up on charges and tortured. So, yeah, I don't know. But cool. um, I don't want to give away too much more. Like, there is some great sex scenes. Um, <laughs> between uh, Winston and Julia. Um you know, and uh, it's real sleazy, and it gets sleazy, but uh, Winston does pay the price for uh, getting his rocks off. But, uh, you know, fuck it, hey, I mean, you only live once, you have a wild ride, why not? Just say fuck it, you know what I mean? And if, you know, in your heart that you're not wrong in what you're doing and that these people are really fucked up and trying to lead society down, like, a dark path, I say fuck it, go against it, revolt. You know what I mean? Like, if if it's going to be bad, you might as well, you might as well go, you know, roll the dice and go all in. You know, that's how I live. That's really how I live my life. You know what I mean? Um, 
Yeah, that's all I can say. But this is a, <laughs> well, you know, I'm a scumbag. So, uh, I mean, I'm, it's like any, if, if I'm told that it's taboo and not do it, I'll do it. So you know, this is how I live. You know, but um, a great film. Um, it's hard to find on DVD. Um, it's on YouTube. I, it's on. Is it on YouTube? Yeah, it should be. I think okay. so. I think I saw it on YouTube. I thought the 1950s version was on there, and then Strebo was telling me we want to have Strebo on, but Strebo's just been really busy. He loves 1984, and uh, Strebo was telling me there's another one that came out. I want to think in maybe the 60s or the 70s, and it's a harder one to track down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never seen the 1950s. I think it's 1950s version, um, but I hear that's pretty close to the book too as well but like back then you couldn't really show nudity so i don't know you know what i mean like that might have been cut but yeah from what i understand everybody's like yes this is the closest adaption you'll ever get and um i've heard rumors that they were trying to do another 1984 um i like what the fuck what's the point though you know what i mean i thought that the 1984 um version was fucking great and you don't need you know this future isn't like all technological where you need to see like, what are you going to cgi in yeah you know what i mean like why what do you need to cgi in like there's there's really nothing there it's pretty straightforward everything happens and that is happening now so they're and they're not living in a futuristic society where people yeah. are running around with fucking laser guns and fucking flying cars and shit like there's a, I think that we see helicopters and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the technology isn't advanced. So we really don't need a remake. Like no. don't Hollywood don't remake this. You're fucking stupid. And not only that, but the zombies won't get it. Like our modern day zombies won't get it. They'll be like, that movie was stupid. Ooh, drooling on themselves. Like, you know, the modern day moviegoer is like, if I didn't see it the opening night, then like it's boring to me. And like, you know, when it, by the time it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray, it's like, oh, I already seen that. It, it sucked. Don't watch it. You know, <laughs> don't watch it. It doesn't make any sense. They've got these flat screen TVs, and so what is? What do we do? What are they talking about? Like, what is this? I don't get it. Like. <laughs> We're so stupid, fucking a. Like it's just like don't even unleash it onto this modern society because it's just too dumb to appreciate it. Like, just leave it for the fucking film nuts out here is what I say. There's no, there's no fucking, there's, there's really no point. You know? Agreed. So. But yeah, check it out if you can track it down. Um, apparently it's it's on YouTube. Um, like I said, the DVD is hard to find. I'm really looking forward to a Blu-ray of this. The 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 DVD print looks really fantastic yeah. as is. So, um, but yeah, I would I would buy this in a heartbeat if it came out on Blu-ray, and I would even if it was like twenty five thirty dollars, I would I would literally show my money out, no fucking hesitation for that that print, just because this is. And I've been looking for the DVD for a while, not like hardcore, like hardcore, but. Just because I know eventually they'll come out with the Blu-ray, and I don't want to show like twenty, twenty-five bucks out for the DVD when I've already got a rip of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Blu-ray comes out, and like the fucking DVD is worth like pennies. You know what I mean? I'm just <laughs> not gonna do that. Like I'd rather if I'm gonna spend the twenty-five, thirty dollars, I'd rather get the blue and just be done with it. So, sure. well, yeah, give us, yeah, listeners, give us your feedback too. Uh, leave some feedback on the Facebook, the website, mm-hmm. uh, btmreview.com, and of course. 
behind the mask Facebook page, even EC exploited cinema. EC, yeah, we'll post the link and everything. Like, let us know what you think. Um, I know a lot of EC listeners have checked out the podcast. I really haven't gotten a lot of feedback on whether they liked it or not. I just got feedback on people saying, "Hey, I've subscribed on iTunes, so they're listening, but I don't know if they totally come around." And maybe you know, I know some some people are. They're like, "I want to see if this before I invest any of my time, I'm going to see if this yeah. podcast is going to stick around." And it's like, yeah, whatever. We're going to look. I've been doing fucking EC for four years now. Come on, if I'm going to fucking you know, jump on another podcast, you better bet it's going to stick around. Yeah, I mean, and then we do it once a month. We're not trying yeah. to bite off more than we can chew. Yeah, no shit. I mean, well... It's, yeah, it's really easy for us to do these podcasts. And, like, honestly, I mean, I'm really having fun. Like, you've kind yeah. of um, reinvigorated my love for podcasting. Like, I'm taking a break from EC, but I'm not taking a break from this show. So I must really, like... I really must be enjoying myself. So. It's going to be a hodgepodge of shit, so uh, might as well uh, do what we like. So, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think we said, we we tried to say we wanted to we wanted to do some sleazy stuff, but we yeah. also, and like, some obscure stuff, and just, like, you know what I mean? Not the mainstream regurgitated garbage, mm-hmm. but we also want to stay classy, and I think that we really, like, with the first episode with um, A Cannibal Apocalypse... You know, it was a foreign film, but it was kind of sleazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, people were probably like, hey, I don't know. Like, it fit the title of the podcast really well, that film. But this film may not fit the title as much, but it is, it really embodies what we're trying to cover yeah. on this podcast. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned for later episodes. And I don't we know. don't know what we're doing. We don't we'll know. see. We, we don't know. know. We, have, we no. haven't talked about anything on the third episode. It was already, you know, hard enough for us to try to get this one. Well, no. not hard, but it's just like we're both busy. So no, you know. no teasers this time. No, no teasers. It's going to be a wild card. <laughs> we're just going to roll the dice. We'll see what we come up with. But I'm sure it's going to be something good. I'm oh like, man, it'll be great. I'm sure. We've already been talking about a bunch of shit like that we yeah. want to cover. So it might be a bike film. It might be a, another foreign film. Who the fuck knows? But it'll be good. Like if you like this episode, like let us know. We we really want to know about the the feedback and everything and what you think. If you hate it, let us know. I guess. I mean, we're not gonna stop doing the show, but you yeah, know, shoot some films at us too. If we both haven't seen yeah. it, we might as well check it out and maybe review it. So I'm always <laughs> looking for new recommendations. Yeah. And if you're like like if you if you know some art house stuff that you think we'll love. And we've never heard of by some foreign filmmakers. Shoot it our way because we're really looking for more art house sleaze and just weird stuff. Um, we really just want to change it up. We're, you know, you guys uh, with uh, Behind the Mask, you guys cover some more mainstream stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, mix it up. EC, we cover the fucking bottom of the barrel. We're scraping for the roughies. And this <laughs> is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So, you know, that's where we're at with this. So if it's not, a, if we, you know, we're not, we're going to review it on EC. We're not going to, you're not going to review it on um, Behind the Mask. It'll probably get reviewed here. Yeah. So. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, until next time, uh, this river. Sorry, I was gulping my uh, drink down. (laughs) (laughs) This is Bat 32. (laughs) And we'll see you junkies next time. On Hobo with the Podcast.